Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Texas Devil Running Talk Show. Today, it, we have Coach Cliff Pittman. This is episode 11 of the talk show, and I'm super happy to have this guy on. Um, he was speaking at the trail running conference over in Fayetteville, the same conference I went to, but I unfortunately did not get to hear him speak. But he's an awesome coach. A lot of people know him in the trail running community. I'm super excited to have him on the show. Um, how's everything going? Hey, it's going great. I, uh, honored you had me on i appreciate your time and give me a platform to talk to your listeners yeah yeah i'm super happy to have you on and kind of pick your brain about certain things um one of the one of the things i wanted to just kind of start off with is how did you become the coach you are today because you're like a pretty big and well-known coach around here um so how did that process happen well well thank you for that i appreciate it um you know a lot of trial and error I, uh, I, uh, I have a running background, and so I was well-rooted in the local community, at least, um, within the running community as a middle-distance runner, um, maybe even a little bit of a sprinter background, did the 400-meter, 800-meter, but then also ran cross-country. And so I know a lot of the, um, in, you know, some of the bigger names, I guess, from my childhood and uh, so it was real well connected within the community. And then after high school, um, instead of going the collegiate route, I opted for the military mm-hmm. and spent uh, 10 years in the military and got completely far removed from distance running. In fact, I got, I got huge. So like right now I'm, 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 a, I'm a small guy, I'm five foot six, 138 pounds. But um, towards the end of my military career, I was like 188 pounds, like wow. got huge. and was just lifting heavy and wasn't running at all. <laughs> yeah. And um, then um, after I got out of the military, I refound my love for running again and um, started getting into the coaching space as I kind of slowly integrated back into doing some, uh, some distance running. And in that process, um, you know, I was, I was coaching a few guys for free, like, no charge, just getting my foot in the door. Um, got a certification that served me very little purpose at the time. It wasn't a very good certification. Um, and I just started just learning. And unfortunately, those few guys, um, <laughs> you know, didn't get like some of the best results because I wasn't providing a very good service, but I learned a lot from my failures and um, decided to, uh, you know, I met my wife. Um, back in 2016 and she's a USA triathlon coach and a personal trainer, sports nutrition coach. And she taught me so much and I learned a lot from her. And then, um, I started plugging into the ultra community. I guess it was just a few years ago. I'm still relatively new as an ultra runner. Um, despite my background in, in road and in, in track. And, um, I just started plugging into some of the, the well-known names. You know, I would say that I'm a, a, a huge follower of the, uh, Jason Coop and, uh, you know, well-known ultra running coach and read his book training essentials for ultra running, uh, seven or eight times now. It just became really familiar with this coaching methodologies. And, um, I, I don't have any formal education within exercise science or, uh, physiology. I, I studied all of my wife's old textbook from college, read all of her textbooks and just became a very, um, rapid self learner throughout the process to learn all these things about the, the sciences. And, um, so that was a, that was a great experience. And then, um, 
I went through a life coaching certification. The strange as it sounds, I went through a life coaching certification with the John Maxwell team a few years ago, and it changed everything for me in terms of my ultra or my run coaching business. And that's because I learned the psychology piece of coaching. And that's such a huge piece that, um, you know, I, I would tell anyone who, who's interested in getting in coaching right now in this space um, to really invest in the, the relational aspect of it because it's so important. You can know all the sciences. You can know how to get people um, from where they are to their goals. But if you can't inspire them and communicate to them and get them to buy into your processes and then be able to help them overcome the obstacles and the challenges along the way, then you're essentially ineffective as a coach. Yeah. And, and what I, I learned. I wanted to touch a little bit on that because I don't know if you knew, but like I'm doing coaching right now and I've had yeah. a couple of athletes and um, that just kind of like opened my mind because the one thing that's hard for me to do is I can get them to where they want to be. And I have like a couple that will stick because they're disciplined in the sport. But um, the one thing that's the hardest thing about coaching is getting people to stay and like stay disciplined and keeping them motivated, inspired. That's like something yes. I struggle with a lot with my little coaching business I do on the side. Um, yeah, go ahead and go more in depth on uh, what you're about to say about that though. Yeah, such a great point. That is one of the biggest struggles, um, especially, you know, when we're coming out of, uh, you know, 2020 in, in, a, in a pandemic that, you know, uh, races cancellations and everybody having to deal with all those obstacles. Uh, and I, I say all the time, I think ultra runners are really equipped to handle a pandemic and, and the uncertainty and to be able to adapt on the fly and adjust their goals and be like, okay, well, we'll just go over here and focus on FKTs and process goals and all this stuff. And we're fine. <laughs> um, but really what it comes down to as far as keeping people on board and, and, and consistent in, in training is um, helping them solve their own problems instead of as a coach trying to solve them for them. And that starts with the question-based approach of really getting to know them on a relational level and understanding and helping them understand their why. Like what is their purpose? What is their reason for training? And when we get distracted um, or whenever we frankly just have more important priorities on our plate, you know, uh, families and, and, and careers or school, then understandably running can take a back seat. But if we can stay in tune with our purpose, why do we run? What, what do we get from running and how do we give to the running community? And we can engage with that on an emotional level. Yeah. Then we significantly increase our uh, consistency and our purpose for every workout. Yeah. So uh, just personally, since I know, I know you run, uh, what's, what's your why? Just, just as a person, as a runner. Yeah, great question. Um, so for me, I run in order to challenge myself and to grow and to find my limits. Mm. And I it, it, that that's a process that I have to be plugged into and engaged with because it gives me meaning. And so if I'm not challenging myself, I'm not growing and I'm not finding my limits, then um, – you know, I feel there's a big hole in my life and a big missing aspect. Yeah, yeah. And, I kind and of feel the, the second part of that purpose. Go awesome. ahead. Yeah, it's, it's 
And so the second part of that is then to inspire and lift up others to do the same. Mm. And so I want to make sure that while I grow and I learn throughout the training and the racing process, and I, I learn about myself that I give back because I think that whenever we're able to give to others and we're able to serve other people, then that gives a whole new, a whole new level of, of purpose and reason um, that this is a lifelong process, you know, uh, as long as I'm able to give back and contribute somehow, some way to somebody else being a better person and finding their purpose and finding their reason for doing what they love. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's an awesome piece. And, um, Simon Sinek who founded the why, um, according to him, I think he's the guy that kind of like talked about on said talk or something. But, um, when I found him a couple of years ago, talking about the why that opened up my, I was like 16 at the time that opened up my eyes. And that's when I started going for things bigger than myself was because of the why. And once you find the why you're pretty much unstoppable. So uh, yeah, the why is definitely the biggest thing. Um, but with that, what for, for people listening right now, um, other runners, what's your best advice you would give them for, for training? Would it rather, whether it's mentally or physically? Yeah. So I think the first thing is, is to discover what your why is, discover your purpose. And we've covered that. And the second thing is to build a support network because, you know, this is something that I really encounter a lot with the athletes that I work with. So the typical person that I work with has a family um, and has a career and a lot of responsibilities. And so they've got a lot of things up in, up in the air. And so if they're getting into to ultra running and then I'm asking them to put in X amount of hours a week, whether that be, you know, six or seven hours a week or 15 to 18 hours a week, there is going to be some tension with their other responsibilities. And yeah. so the most important thing they can do is start to build their support network. They can start to communicate to their spouse, to their children, um, to why they do this and why it's important for them and how it fills their cup and how it makes them a better person and how it in turn adds fa- uh, value back to their family. And that support circle um, really will help people stay engaged with the training process and they'll find a lot more joy and fulfillment in the, the training and racing process whenever they have the support of their loved ones. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is to, um, from a training aspect is to um be specific you know i think there's a a a lot of different things that we can do in training but the more specific we can be in our training process um you know if you're if you're running a uh a a prime example i see this all the time uh 50k or 50k trail well a lot of times brand new to the ultra the trail running scene it's like okay well i'll just take this marathon plan and i'll add a little bit of extra mileage and you know my first 50k was double the amount of time of my marathon at the time i was a three-hour marathoner and my first 50k was like a 630 (laughs) so you just can't take the 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 same training approach for a six and a half hour race that you take for a three-hour race and so the more specific we can train for the demands of the event. If it's a, if it's a trail race, we got to get on trails. If it, um, um, you know, if we've got a certain amount of vertical or a elevation change per mile, we got to, fi- we got to find ways to, to train at that elevation change per mile. So the more specific we can be closest to the race, 
the more prepared we are to meet the demands of that event. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. And I heard you talking about hours. Um, for how my coach does it is it's miles per week, but you brought up yep. like hours per week. Um, mm. Could you go? I've heard that it's more beneficial. Uh, could you like kind of go in depth and explain why um, you do hours rather than miles per week? Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I changed over f- from from mileage to hours whenever I got into trail and ultra running. And that's because there's so many variables. And, you know, if I tell an athlete, go run uh, five hours for a five hour run over the weekend. Well, if they go run on road, they may accumulate 40, you know, 30, 35 miles. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's on the trail, it could be, you know, 20 miles. Um, so what I'm looking for is I'm looking for, um, consistency across the week. And if I prescribe time, I'm going to get that consistency no matter what surface they're on. Mm. But if I say mileage and I say, you know, if I want a 20 miler, well, then that could be anywhere between, uh, three hours and six hours, (laughs) depending on the surface and the elevation. And so because of those variables, I found that time is a great equalizer and um, able to prescribe um, stress, the, 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 prop, the proper amount of uh, training stimulus that I'm looking for whenever it is uh, my, uh, time-based instead of mileage-based. Okay. Okay. And what's your, what's your coaching business called, by the way? I'm going to make sure to link it down below so people can go and check you out. Uh, what's your coaching yeah. Uh, the coaching business is called fit to endure coaching and the website is f2ecoaching.com. Okay, cool. And, uh, do y'all have, uh, do you have like a built up community with inside the business? Kind of like, do the runners like interact with each other or how does your, are you like constantly in contact with your athletes? Um, yeah, great question. Great question. So I, I do have, um, a roster of about 25 athletes right now that I work with one-on-one and for those that are in the ultra space or the trail space, I have them in thread, uh, just a Facebook thread. And so they've kind of built their own team environment. And so they've become friends and they support each other. And it's, it's an awesome community. And, and um, probably one of the most rewarding things is just being a part of that, that community that yeah. they've co-built. Yeah. And then, um, if we were to expand out a little bit, we have uh, a Facebook community that we have with over a thousand members that we don't coach directly, but that we are pushing out content to on a regular basis. And just, you know, we feel part of that family. Um, we're in the process of building out. I say we, because my wife and I co lead this uh, co-coach our business. And um, we're in the process of building out some group coaching platforms and so we're really excited to launch that. So, so everyone can kind of keep an eye out for that. But if um, it's really great for the athlete that um, doesn't want individualized personal one-on-one coaching for whatever reason, maybe they can't afford it. Um, or maybe they like to kind of just do their own thing, but would still like some guidance and consultation. Um, it's really great for that type of athlete. And they'll have static plans where it's like, Hey, this is your plan for the next 20 weeks. And they'll have access uh, to us as coaches on a, on a monthly basis, um, for like a monthly call, monthly team call type thing and a few other benefits. So we're in the process of, of launching that here pretty soon. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love how you have everything like set up like that. Um, I never even thought about making like plans that are like single like that. So um, that's that's really cool. Didn't you just run the um, the Big Athens Marathon? Is that what it's called, or the Athens Big Fork Marathon? Yeah, they they should call it the Big Athens, but yeah, it's uh, the Athens Big Fork Marathon (ABF) for for short, uh, commonly known. And it's man, it was um, an amazing race, probably my favorite race to date. Really? And it's a wow. it's a marathon in uh, the Awachita Mountains, mm-hmm. remote location, out in the middle of nowhere, and uh, no cell service anywhere near. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, at myself and then. Uh, three of my athletes ran it as well, and uh, several of us camped out the night before. And then, um, then uh, yeah, it's 7,000, almost a little over 7,100 feet of gain over yeah. over 27 miles. Yeah, I saw that on Strava. Um, I don't know if you know Greg <laughs> from Team Durnver, but he ran that as well. Yeah. Yeah, and yep. He, yep. I saw the elevation gain. I was like, man. And then I saw your Strava, and um, – on your post about it. And it had like the same, I was like 8,000, 7,000. Like that's insane. Like over there in like yeah. Texas and Southern Arkansas, we don't get elevation like that. But I know when you go yeah. up to the Wachita's and Ozarks, it gets pretty, pretty wild. Um, So is it like an actual marathon, like 26 miles or is it a little bit longer? It's a little bit longer. I think most people's, um, you know, five are coming back to be about 27 miles. Uh, okay. So it's somewhere between 26.8 and 27. So yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. I went to go sign up like a month or two before, cause it looked like a really awesome race and I saw it sold out. So it must be like a super popular race over in the, um, the Wachita area. So yeah, yeah very, like very race. popular. Race. Yeah. Um, so what's the hardest race you've ran? Is it that the one, the hardest one you've ran? Um, definitely the hardest marathon, uh, for sure. Um, you know, this last year, um, I would say probably the hardest is I did a 50 miler mm-hmm. and I just, um, I trained for it. I was ready for it, but without any races during the year, I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to do the, do the distance. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of support. I had some friends come out and so several friends ran, you know, at the 50 K one of my friends, uh, my, my training partner, Matthew Shelman ran the full 50 miles with me. And so it was great to have that support, but it, you know, it's just different in a non-race environment. It kind of just felt like a long training run <laughs> and that add to the complexity. But, uh, yeah, I would say that was probably, probably the hardest, although it wasn't as hard as I anticipated. I, I definitely have n- not come anywhere close to finding my limits at all. Oh, Yeah. That's awesome to hear, man. I kind of, whenever I'm talking to you, I kind of get a, a, a David Goggins type of uh, mentality from you, it seems like. Do you, do you follow David Goggins? I do, yeah. Uh, I've read, read his book and, uh, you know, follow him and everything. I think we're we're very different in a lot of aspects um, within our approaches, but I do think that we probably have the same personality type. <laughs> yeah. If I were to, to guess his personality, Um but I, I think that, you know, probably our military background may have a lot to do with that and, um, and, and personality wise, but yeah, I got a lot of respect for the things that he's, he's accomplished. Um, I might subscribe to a little bit more positive psychology, mm. <laughs> um, to my approach to training, but, um, in life, but, uh, but yeah, so I appreciate that. That's a compliment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it seems like David Goggins, I see it's like you're a little bit more on like the smart approach to training and like 
incorporating recovery and stuff like that um, compared to David Goggins to where it's just go all out every day, every single day. Um, but yeah, can't go a show without bringing up David Goggins though. Um, it's not sponsored <laughs> at all, but Hey, his book is amazing though. I've read, yeah. I read the whole thing in like two days straight. Like I just read it all day, every mm-hmm. single day for like two days and got through the whole thing and it was pretty awesome. So here again, t- I know we talked about it in the last episode, but Hey, this episode he's back <laughs> again in his book. So yeah. I listened, um, I listened to it on a 50 K training run. So it was mm, motivating. There you go. Yeah. I, I can't do audio books for some reason. I try to listen to Scott Jarek's uh, North something. I think it's called North yep. something. Um, I have the actual physical book, but it's just weird for me to listen to. I need to, I need to read. I need to have it in my hands and I'm not a reader. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm wired a little bit different, but, um, I have questions and these are new questions that I made for every guest. The last ones were like kind of, they were deep. They were like, what's your biggest weakness, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I made them a little bit more fun. Uh, you might've seen them. So one of the questions is if you could only pick one song for runs for the rest of your life, what song would you choose? Oh man. Yeah. You did send me that and I'm not prepared. Um, and, and let me tell you why, because I don't, I don't listen to music when I run. Um, yeah. in fact, I, I know I just mentioned that I listened to the audio book, but I really don't listen to anything when I run. Mm. And, um, I just, maybe I'm a little bit weird, but I love to just be alone with my thoughts yeah, because be I like to practice yeah, not even be at peace. I like to be at war. Actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to I like to be able to identify what thoughts I'm having and what emotions those thoughts are leading to. And I'm real big on on the cognitive behavior therapy process of like um, circumstances, and then you have thoughts, and then uh, feelings come from those thoughts, and then you have actions, behaviors that come from those feelings, and then you have results. So it's just a it's a process, and so. I try to always be present with my mind and uh, to be able to observe my thoughts so that if I ever create an emotion like, hey, I want to quit, <laughs> um, that I can quickly direct my mind to different thoughts that, that serve me better. And so mindset mastery is a, is a big piece of my coaching practice and what I offer my athletes. And it's also a big piece of my own, my own training. And so, um, but if I have to pick a song, let's just go with the Rocky theme. Okay. Okay, yeah, that's what my <laughs> friend listens to on his run. So, hey, makes, yeah, it's motivating. Can't go wrong with that. Pushing it, so, absolutely. Yeah, and um, honestly, when it comes to running with music, <laughs> sometimes okay, I'm weird. I like both. I like running with it sometimes. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I've listened to it all day. Like I've just heard it, and I don't want to listen to it. I, like it, it gives me a headache wanting to listen to music. And then sometimes. I get done working all day. I already ran eight miles in the morning. I got like six more miles. It's like 10 o'clock at night. My legs are tired. I need some music Mm -hmm. to kind of just give me something to think about because there's sometimes where I'm running and I feel annoyed with myself. I don't know how to explain it. I feel like I have to keep my mind occupied. and I feel like I just want to turn around and quit because it's so boring that sometimes I do have to like put in music or something like that. But yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to give up the wrong impression to anyone that's listening right now that it is perfectly acceptable if you listen to music and it works for you. Like there's a lot of research actually about this, this very topic of, um, you know, intrinsic motivation, such as positive self-talk affirmations, um, you know, revisiting your goals and then extrinsic motivation, such as uh, listening to music or audiobooks and things like that. And so there's a lot of conversations about which is better and, and, and both seem to have a positive effect. 
and um, ideally you can implement both strategies um, and be successful. Yeah. Yeah. I like to do a little bit of both, you know, um, but yeah, definitely it's good. a lot of sense, but sometimes you just need time to yourself to think and go over all your goals in your head and just kind of self-motivate yourself. Cause sometimes like, especially when you're running in college and stuff, you can't wear earbuds or nothing like that when you're racing. So um, exactly. It's something you just have to train with, you know? So um, back to the specificity principle we were discussing, like whatever, yeah. you know, whatever your race environment is like, that's, that's the kind of granular topics, you know, that I like to, to cover in training is like, if, if you can listen to music, that's, you know, if you're going to listen to music in a race then do it in training. And if you're not, if you can't listen to music in a race, then don't do it in training. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with that. Just kind of replicating your, your race environment. Um, and I exactly. learned from that. I did a race a couple of weeks ago and, uh, my training for it did not replicate the race environment at all. And I went and raced and I was probably the fittest one there, but I ended up getting like eighth or something just because I didn't train on trail. Uh, and mm-hmm. I didn't train in like the cold ice snow, like that was on the trail. So yeah, I definitely yep. learned from that to replicate your, um, training environment and stuff like that. So absolutely. So yeah, it's definitely a, definitely a big deal. Uh, what's the, what's, what would you say is, is the hardest thing about being a coach? Um, you know, I think it's probably just the, the emotional investment that goes into it. Um, you know, I become very close with my athletes. And so, uh, because of that, there's a, um, there's a, there's a, there's a certain level of friendship established. And then, so, you know, the humanity involved with, with people just going through everyday lives and struggles. And, you know, if we think about 2020 with, with people that have lost employment, um, and, and income and, uh, just the, the, you know, people go, they go through very difficult life challenges, such as divorce, um, losses, you know, because of the emotional engagement within the coaching process, I get, um, I, I, I place myself into that from an empathetic standpoint. Yeah. And that can be very, very stressful because I take on their, their life stresses. And it's something that I'll, it's worth every bit of it to do that, but that's probably, that's probably the hardest aspect. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I guess I could agree with that in, in a way, just, just cause I have like my own coaching program as well. And um, it is, yeah, I could, I could definitely agree with that and, and see your, your viewpoint on that. Um, just a random question that popped in my head earlier. I forgot to ask you about it. What is like the hardest workout that you've either done or you've given like a, a runner? Yeah. And so, um, I think this, it probably varies per person because everyone has their own strengths and weaknesses, but, um, man, I would, I would say any VO two max type of workout, like, um, man, eight by three minutes at VO two max, it's pretty, pretty brutal sandwiched in the middle of a 90 minute run. Um, you know, you're, you're just redlining for, you know, 24 minutes total. So that's probably one of the most brutal workouts. Yeah. That sounds, um, you said eight by three minutes at VO two max. Yeah, man. So just a 10 out of 10 effort and that, you know, that seventh and eighth interval is just, (laughs) just brutal. Yeah, I can't even imagine what that'd be like. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm about to go do like 16 400s, but I feel like eight by three minute VO2 max would be a lot harder than uh, 16 400s. Man, I can't even comprehend <laughs> that, that workout. That sounds like that sucks. Um, Especially whenever you add in specificity. So if it's eight by three minute climbing intervals, 
mm. where you're just going up like a, you know, a, maybe a, a slight like 12 to 15% grade. Um, so where you're able to hit that VO2 max earlier in the interval, <laughs> yeah. that's even worse. Yeah, especially on a 12 to 15% grade. I will yeah. say me running up a 12 to 15% grade is like, it looks like I'm walking, but I am trying to run and my hammies are sore the next day. So, um, <laughs> yeah, especially in Texas where you don't get a lot of that. I found one hill that has this crazy grade, 400 meters long, did three repeats mm-hmm. up it and it was only like 400 meters long and I was already tired and done with it. So yeah. love it. But I love uphill intervals because, uh, one, you can, you really tax the aerobic system a lot faster, but, but secondly, from an injury prevention standpoint, it's a lot less pounding and, um, you know, impact on, on, on joints and, uh, you know, skeletal system. So there's a, there's an added benefit there of a little bit of, uh, injury prevention as well. Yeah. yeah that's awesome, man. Yeah. I think we pretty much went over like almost all the topics and everything. Um, you got anything else you want to add? No, just, um, you know, you guys just make sure everybody you're, you're, um, you stay in tune with why you do this. Um, you know, uh, most of us, we're not getting paid for this. And uh, we've got a lot of other important things in our life. And if running makes you a better person, then keep that in mind. I like to use the analogy of, uh, you know, you get on an airplane, the flight attendant, one of the first things they say when they're giving the briefing is put your, put your oxygen mask on before helping small children. And that's how I view running. So I, I wake up and I go running first thing in the morning. I put my oxygen mask on because the rest of the day, whenever I'm able to get that, um, I'm a better, I'm a better father. I'm a, I'm a better husband. I'm a better coach. Whenever I'm filling, um, you know, my own tank up. Yeah. So you guys just make sure you're in tune with, with what it does for you. And, uh, when things get hard, whether that be in a, in a, uh, a marathon, a hundred miler, or if you're doing 200 milers, or if it's just a hard training run, tap into that purpose and, and remember why you do this. Yep. That's all I got. That's good word. That's probably the best thing ending the show someone's ever said. So, Hey, that was good. That was Thank good. you. I'm even going to take that with me in this workout I'm about to do right after this. So yeah, that's awesome guys. I'm going to leave all of his information and the link below. It doesn't matter if you're watching on YouTube, if you're on Spotify right now or iTunes podcast, um, all his stuff's going to be below. And by the way, guys, I got a Patreon now. So if you want to donate like two or three dollars a month for the show, help support it. It's all in the link description below. Patreon is Texas Devil Running. Um, it's all there. Or you could go to our website and just click on Talk Show, and you'll you can click the link there. And I'm excited to see you guys next Saturday on the show.